Here we go. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right. Here we are going to begin the physical show. One second. Here we go. Music. Hello, and we want to be welcoming you to the Fizzle Show. That's right. Welcome in. Welcome to the Fizzle Show. It's a very exciting time to be here. Just something we are all very excited about. You are having a good time with it, no? Okay. I don't know where this is going. I'm already losing steam myself. This is the Fizzle Show. My name is Chase Reeves. We try to keep it entertaining. Sometimes that means things go a little off the rails. Um, but isn't that just like entrepreneurship stuff? Sometimes things get off the rails. Sometimes you don't know what you should do. Sometimes you do know what you should do and you don't do it. Sometimes you don't know what to do and you can't figure out what to do and so you can't do it. And sometimes you just find any rails you can and you fly right off them because you're just so pissed and sad and lonely and afraid and terrified and anxious and nervous and all those things. And then every once in a while, and if you get good at it, maybe more often than every once in a while, you have a rhythm, you have a pace, you have a, a way of working, a way of being, a way of knowing what you're working on right now, of working towards that thing, of having enough of a runway, but not so much that you feel blocked in or painted into a corner all the time, right? It's a kind of way of being an entrepreneur where you can flow a bit and you're involving your own interests and you're involving real meaningful, matterful things for your customers. This is the kind of entrepreneurship that we're just utterly inspired by. It can make a big company or it can make a small company. It can make a, a, a company that supports a lot of other people who work for you or it can be just one that's just you by yourself or just you and your spouse or something like that, right? The, uh, the options, the pathways are sundry and myriad in today's day. <laughs> today's day, you can do a lot of different ways. Um, and that's what we're excited about. But the challenge is it's not easy. It's not given to you. Uh, like, you don't just get it in a box like that you can order off of Amazon and it's there in two days. And then now it's like, boom, you've just got your business installed with customers. Like, I can, you can go, you can go get on Squarespace and you can have a website up in, in an hour, right? But getting people to your site, <laughs> that's another thing, right? And then you can pay a lot of money to get people to your site using advertisements and stuff like that. But that, unless you have a bunch of cash, is not a very good strategy up front because you don't even know what they're willing to pay for yet, right? So you can spend a bunch of money getting people to your site, but then there, you have the challenge of making it an actual sustainable business, right? Where you, yeah, maybe some businesses you have to spend a lot of money to get a lot of people through the door, and then you have to be able to sell something to those people to make up that money that you spent on getting them there, and then enough money to actually afford you your lifestyle, Right. Uh, I could I guess this is turning into a course on all the different ways you could do it. <laughs> the point is, it's a there's a lot of different ways you can do this. And, and there are some really built in challenging things. And today we are talking about one of those challenging things. We're talking about how do you actually get a course purchased? You make a course, you put this work together, 
It's a thing that teaches someone how to unclog their own drains or how to play Pachelbel's Canon in D or how to become a uh, <laughs> an awesome flautist <laughs> or how to, uh, how to, I don't know, live with more intention, uh, how to earn revenue for your business using Facebook ads, how to consolidate all of your family's memories onto rem- like, you know, media in the cloud, like how to use Apple's iPhotos, whatever. Whatever it is, you can make a course on anything that any, that people want to learn how to do. The question is, how do you get people who want to learn how to do that to the page that sells the course with enough de- like motivation and desire to actually purchase it? Okay, this is a very challenging thing to do. What I love is that it's so easy to make a course these days. It's so easy to make a course that people want these days. Nah, I wouldn't say it's so easy, actually. So it's easy to make the course. It's more challenging to figure out what course people would actually want to buy. Then it's even more challenging than that to get people who are like, you know, qualified to buy this thing to that course's sales page, right? And then it's just a little more challenging to get them to actually click the button, enter the credit card information, and purchase. And, and, and then enjoy the thing enough to not just refund it immediately, right? This is all super challenging stuff. And doing that today is very different than doing that like five years ago, for example. So today what we're going to talk about is how would you build a buzz for a course in 2018 that could help you get some of those things sold. I'm here with Steph Crowder, who is actively right now launching her first big big girl like course, right? <laughs> how do you how do you explain this? You've done lots of group programs, you've done lots of coaching, you've been involved mm-hmm. with us in Fizzle of every course launch that we've made. Mm-hmm. You've done courses inside of Fizzle in multiple different ways. So you're no stranger to making the courses, but this is the the first this is your first one yeah. in some ways. Yeah, this is you know, Courage and Clarity is its own little little business over there and this is the first course that's just for that community. Um, and it's kind of crazy. So uh, the course that I, I guess when people are listening to this, the doors have just closed to the course. Uh, the course is called Crickets to Customers. I mentioned it, uh, mentioned it a few episodes back when we were talking about the power of group programs. Um, so I've created a course that is a kind of traditional video-based course. Uh, it's got six modules, worksheets, private community for discussion, and it's all about how to go from really having zero audience to building a small but mighty community and filling up your first group program. So that's something I've done a number of times for myself, and now I'm at the point where a handful of my students have successfully done it as well. And so I think we've talked about this on the show before. You kind of reach that natural point where you're like, huh, man, I see something replicatable in what I teach. And all mm. of us here at Fizzle, I feel like we're such big proponents of like work with people one-on-one first. And this is exactly why, because it really, I can vouch for this, it really becomes undeniable what your course should be about when you work with enough yeah. people because you're just like, okay, this is literally, like I had one of my students say to me, Steph, I just completely stole what you do and it worked for my business in a completely different industry. And I was like, okay, this is something that people can take and run with and replicate. So I think that's what differentiates, like you might be asking yourself the question, when is my content better for 
kind of a more like DIY self-paced course versus when someone needs coaching. And I think the answer is you've got to have something that's pretty replicatable, repeatable, and uh, will work for a variety of different people in different situations versus, of course, in coaching, you're really customizing and tailoring the experience based very specifically on what someone's going through. Mm, I love this. I love all of this. This is so exciting. <laughs> it is. Um, so, so I think where we have to start is how challenging it is to actually sell a course like this. You were talking before we started recording about how people underestimate how challenging it is to actually get the sale. What do you think about that? Yeah, I okay. So I have I have to be very cautious with how I approach this because the last thing I want to do is crush any dreams of our aspiring course creators out there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think creating a course in 2018 is absolutely worth your time. However, I think just like anything in life, having the proper expectations is really, really important. I think that there's a little bit of a dream here that's been oversold over the years where if you want to call it passive income or making money while you sleep or whatever, um, I, I've been repeating this mantra to myself and like in circles that I run in and, and what we say is passive income is not passive. <laughs> and that's yeah. basically yeah. how I would sum it up is, you know, I am lucky and at a point where my course is selling and I'm going to talk all about that, but I'm hustling my tail off over here. Luckily, I find it really damn fun and I really like trying stuff. I like breaking stuff and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, but I'm really committed to this being an ongoing process The person who really inspired me with this, I think I mentioned this here on the Fizzle Show a few weeks back, but everybody probably knows I really look up to Amy Porterfield. She is, she's been at it forever. She's just like smart as a whip, and I really like her. And uh, she came on the Courage and Clarity podcast and talked about how I love how she put it. She's like, I'm not someone who gets a lot of ideas, which is opposite of me because I have a bazillion ideas, a lot like you, I think, do too. You do too, Chase. And she talks about how for 18 months, she committed to just one course. It was a course about Facebook at the time. It was years ago now. And she did nothing else for 18 months. And her first course launch was like fairly successful by a lot of beginner standards. I think she made like $30,000 or something. Uh, But by the time she did her last launch, 18 months later, that course did $900,000. And so I've been inspired ever since, like that kind of was a reframe for me because I tend to be someone who likes to do something and move on and then, you know, check the box and move on. I think when you, with with course launching, I think you have to commit to this being a process. So I've just had the doors open for my course. I plan to, to open them again, probably sooner than later, because I have a bunch of things that I'll mention that I didn't even get to try yet. So the first thing I, I want to say about course creating and course launching is, number one, you got to set your expectations fairly low uh, compared to what you're hoping for. And it's not that you won't have a six-figure course launch eventually, but you are not going to do it your first time. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, you'd be lucky to, you know, sell a, a handful up to maybe a few dozen would be awesome and set your expectations accordingly, learn, serve the course, and then be ready for this to evolve. So for me, it's been really helpful to be like, this is my course. It's called Crickets to Customers. I don't plan on launching any other courses because I think this course is the bomb and I'm going to be at it for the next 18 months or something like that. At least that's the plan for right now. That has really helped my headspace. And I think there's a misconception out there that as a course creator, you need to have like this suite of courses. And I don't know, I'm becoming more and more convinced that it's about 
launching it a first time, learning and then perfecting it and launching it again and so on on and on you go until you get where you want to be with it. So all of that to say, it's less about launch, launching it once and hitting it out of the park, which I I really, I don't know, I, I can't think of anyone I know who's done that versus um, having like a moderate success for your first course launch and then being committed to it growing over time as you grow. Um, I'm really inspired by uh, this idea of finding something really, this is sort of the subtext. We haven't even started the conversation fully yet. Because we're just talking about the expectations you should have when you're making your course, yeah. right? And and I think I think what a course is is what a course is about. Mm-hmm. Um, after making, you know, like after basically making, I think I've made every single course that's in Fizzle. Yeah, right? you've I've made, made like huge, fifty courses or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I played like a huge strategic role. If even if I'm not in front of the camera, like I'm behind the camera every time, almost right. Yes, and behind that. So I like I really have a have an affinity for uh, course curriculum mm-hmm. and understanding what someone needs to get from this course. Um, and so that's what I think the course is. The course is what someone walks away from the course with. Yes. The transformation, right? And um, not all transformations uh, are are as valuable, like as as the uh, like as each other, right? So some transformations are really valuable. If I can teach you how to be more confident in every interaction in your life, that's a very very valuable transformation for you. Because mm-hmm. with that one little app installed, that one little system upgrade on your computer of your body, you will then be able to, to that'll affect every interaction in your life, including when you're negotiating for a, a more salary at your job, or when you're looking for another job, or when you're meeting that one lady accidentally at the, at the coffee shop, right? And it's like, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it interacts and it updates, it upgrades every interaction in your life. But if I teach you how to edit videos in Final Cut Pro, um, it doesn't integrate and upgrade every interaction in your life, but it is for some of us still an extremely valuable thing to be able to do, right? And so, not all uh, course transformations, like not all transformations, customer transformations are as valuable as the other. You don't have to have one that changes everything in somebody's life. Right, because I can definitely show you and introduce you to people that I know who, honestly, learning how to edit their own videos basically changed everything in their life <laughs> in a very small and meaningful way. Because now they gave them autonomy to do their own thing. They were they learned they started practicing it and using YouTube or putting sales videos or courses together and this that and the other. And and now they have this like whole business system that just happened randomly because they learned how to how to start doing it themselves and then how to ex- output. Uh, output no uh export that work to someone else out of whatever you know what i mean get someone else to do it um so what i'm inspired by and what you're talking about is this we're first talking about setting expectations and we're saying listen it's actually hard to sell a lot of these you may not sell any you may not sell as many as you wished so let's set our expectations and know that when we're committing to this course we feel confident that this is the good course for us and now what i want to encourage you to think is that like you actually don't get to answer that question for you. You aren't the course maker. You're the marketer who's going like, is there something here? And that marketer pays attention while you work with people one-on-one around this topic. 
is sort mm-hmm. of what I'm what I think happens. And that's why we're always trying to get people to do a group session, group program of some kind, one on one coaching type stuff. If you're teaching one person how to play violin and then you teach another person, another person, another person. Well, now you have a nice little sample group of like, wow, everybody struggles with this fingering. Right, Doing this part to this part is always challenging or using the bow this way or that way. Like You'll be able to, to tell what the, this is what good teachers are. And good teachers make great courses. Mm-hmm. Good teachers know what is actually challenging about the subject we're teaching. Yeah. And they get you into it in a, in a way that, that you didn't even know you were just like, I'm working with, with a rolfer right now, which by the way, Steph, I highly recommend, uh, getting into a structural integration or a rolfer guy. And this is an old guy who's been doing it for forever. And he's sort of curmudgeonly Larry, Larry Kaufman in Portland. And he's been all over the place. And he's sort of renowned for this. And he's a Buddha. He's so great. He's so, he knows so much. And the way that he kind of teaches me through my own body is like, every time I go in, I'm like, blown away i learned something completely i walk completely differently because he's a great teacher and he know and like and he can't really teach that through a course he knows that he knows he has to have his hands on my body doing this that and the other all right all of this is just in the first point which to me is very inspiring this idea that like we can find you can find a course that is a good uh a good course for you to stick on for the next like steph's saying 18 months or for or something like that yeah like i'm curious for you steph like why do you know because this is what i want to install on people's systems right how do you know that this course is worth putting that much effort into yeah and i'll say off the bat i don't know for sure right like like we always say the golden rule here at fizzle is everything in your business is a hypothesis and that goes for any quote, quote unquote experts out there as well. We have little more than educated guesses to go off of. Um, one thing I'll say before I answer that question is I just want to point out that the cool thing about courses, of course, uh, courses, of course, is that um, it's never been easier to create a course, which is like awesome. You can have no skill. I mean, guys, seriously, as you're going to hear us talk about this, I was just telling Chase before we started recording, I shot and edited my first like promo video for the course. I have no experience. I mean, I have a lot of experience speaking and being on camera, but no experience being behind the camera and being that person. And I did it in like two hours. So Mm. there's that. Then there's also these platforms that make it just like stupid easy. You know, way back in the day when you and Corbett started Fizzle, um, you had to like, I don't know. I guess you had to host all of your own courses on your site. That was the only option. Now we've got Teachable and Thinkific and all of the, I mean, it's just ridiculous plug and play. And so that's the great news. Of course, the flip side of that is because it's been never been easier, there have never been so many courses on the market, right? Right. So like you just were talking about, I I just want to underscore being able to think of this as a marketer is crucial. And I hope that doesn't turn anyone off. We're not saying you have to be like really salesy and sleazy about it. I think that's absolutely not the case, but you do have to understand what it is that your people are looking for and what they need to hear and what would make them purchase. And that's very different than being a good teacher, two different things. And that's the thing that makes me sad is I think a lot of really great teachers out there miss the mark on their message. And so then it doesn't sell. And then they chalk it up to them not being as good a teacher as they thought. So you've got to separate, you could be the best teacher in the world, but if you're not 
thinking through like, what does someone need to hear at the beginning of the sales process? Look, how do I meet them where they are? You're never going to get the chance to impart your wisdom on them. So they're two totally different things. Um, as far as how I know that this is like the horse that I'm going to bet on, I really think it comes down to, uh, like we talked about a little bit a couple minutes ago, the fact that I've gotten, I've used a process now going on three times to fill my own group programs. So I know it works for me, but what's even more like magical jet fuel for my confidence and my belief system is my students are literally stealing my method and seeing great results. So the stories I'm getting from people that I've taught hands on are incredible. I just told this story on the Courage and Clarity podcast this past, I guess it'll be two weeks ago when people are listening to this, but it's episode 102. One of my students went from absolutely no audience to filling up her first group program with six people in it. And she did that in two weeks. And the pe- what's even cooler than that is the people who are in her group program are seeing like these crazy transformations. She's in the health mm-hmm. world and she's like, I'm blown away. I-, I-, I can't believe how well this is working for my students. So I'm seeing not only me get the results, but I've taught it to a handful of others and I've seen them get results. So as far as knowing, like, is the thing that you're teaching the thing for you to commit to, I think you've got to have some pretty solid evidence that it works. You don't want to, you know, I would not say that creating a video-based course like we're going to be talking about is the place to test out a method. <laughs> like you're going to be testing out a lot of stuff at just like I am right now. And I'm sure I'll end up like mm. swapping out lessons and putting new lessons in, but foundationally speaking, I know that the method here, I know that my six steps that are the six modules in the course, I know that those work. So that is everything. Um, I would not, I would not recommend entering into the process of like, oh my God, investing in a course platform. You know, it's not super expensive, but I think I'm paying 99 bucks a month for teachable. So it's something, um, spending all of my time. That's heck expensive, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, for sure it's an investment. And so then there's that. And then there's also all the time and energetic, uh, cost of shooting video and all of that stuff. So you've got to go and teach your stuff to like a bunch of other people, hands on, uh, in a one-on-one or group, you know, live setting before you jump off this cliff and, and do a video course. Yeah, I think, um, and, and guys, we're still in this beginning stages of like, what should I make my course on, right? Some of you are, I've already got your course. You already know this stuff. You've done it as a, as a, like a, a group session. You've done it, worked it through individuals and people and you know, like, no, I know you have, you've got a sense of that feeling. There's a feeling that comes, a confidence that comes, a kind of wonder that comes with like, oh crap, this is valuable to yes, them. Yes. And like, it's like, oh crap, I can make this experience happen for lots and lots of people, right? Like anyone who comes through my doors trying to get, you know, you know, X or Y or Z done in their life, we're going to have to hit cross this threshold and hit this point right here. And I know how to do that now, right? I know how to get someone over that hurdle. That's a really big, like, and that's valuable. You realize that that's valuable to the, to the customer. And you're like, Oh damn, like that's a valuable thing. Like I can do something valuable. Now we're not, it's not about (laughs) whether you're entertaining or whether you're smart or whether you're funny or whether you're sexy or cute or whether you're good enough. It's like, no, it's just this like kind of craftsman way of looking at it going like, yeah, I can build all of these countertops. I have done all, I have done a thousand countertops before. What what do you want this one to look like? It's Mm -hmm. a kind of, it's a kind of like craftsmanship 
to it, right? Yep. Which is no, where you're no longer just trying to see if you're good enough or not. Now, I hark on that because the f- <laughs> most of my life has been spent trying to get good at stuff to prove to myself that I am actually valuable. And mm-hmm. then once I started to see the, like, the sense and experience the value in actually helping someone get something that they actually want, that's when stuff started changing for me. So one more little like anecdote here. You are not, this is in one of the first courses that I ask you to take inside of Fizzle in the roadmap. It's the audience course. It is such a, a like a, like little collection of the best things in business for the modern times, basically. And one of the stories that I tell in there and one of the things you learn is how to think, uh, about service as the secret sauce. And um, the story I tell is about Yoda. In Star Wars, a lot of people, if I go like, okay, so if your life is the movie Star Wars, um, if your business is the movie Star Wars, like, who are you as the entrepreneur? And vast majority of people will immediately go to Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is the, is the main character in the story. Luke Skywalker is the one who has to do all this hard stuff and overcome all these objectives and, uh, or objections and all of these, all of these uh, things that get in his way. He has to overcome and learn how to work with people and this, that, and the other, just like an entrepreneur has to. So it's a really easy thing to go like, I'm Luke Skywalker. But what I, what I try to get people to see is like, no, 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 no. Luke Skywalker is actually your customer. Luke Skywalker is your customer. Your customer is on the journey of their life. They are fighting the biggest battle that they will ever face. It is their very life. It is their mom dying of cancer. It is their worries about money. It is their deciding to go with this direction or that direction in their life. They're on this course where they will eventually be facing their deepest fear um, in in Darth Vader or in whatever that whatever that ends up being. They're on this fight against the Empire. Who are you then? And then the conversation switches to all of the people on the journey that end up helping Luke Skywalker. You can see C-3PO and R2-D2. You can even see like Lando Calrissian and Han Solo and Princess Leia. And I make the argument that to be a great entrepreneur, uh, to be a great, uh, a great anything is to look at life in this way and to go, I'm more of a, a Yoda or an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, these are two mentor figures that show up in Luke Skywalker's life. And in the very beginning, for example, of, of the first movie, um, the, the original movie that was made, Obi-Wan Kenobi actually has this scene like in this old creepy man in his own cave, like with this like young boy, Luke Skywalker. And he's like, you want to come into my cave? It's creepy. But what he does in there is he actually gives Luke Skywalker this very special gift. Do you know what that is, Steph? Have I told this story to you before? Mm, I should know this because uh, my husband's a diehard, you know, nerd and loves Star Wars, but I don't know the answer. Okay, so in the first, like, I think it's in the first, like, 15 minutes of that movie, um, Luke Skywalker goes off into the desert looking for, like, hey, Ben Kenobi. Oh, Ben Kenobi. Oh, let's go see what Ben Kenobi's up to. And then finds him and then goes off into this cave with him. uh, And Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, gives Luke this thing. He's like, oh, I'm glad you're here, actually. Here. Uh, I've been waiting to give this to you. This was your father's, okay? Now, do you remember who, like, spoiler alert, anyways, Mm -hmm. you you remember who Luke's father was. He says, this was your father's. It's his dad's old lightsaber. Yes. 
It's like the whole movie, and there's this one scene. It's like C-3PO's on one side, R2-D2's on the other, and then Luke and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi are in the middle. And Obi-Wan is giving him a resource that Luke needs vitally on his journey and that he'll use for the rest of the journey, okay? That is entrepreneurship to me. That Mm -hmm. is a course maker. That is how you think about your life, how you think about what your job is as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a course maker. That will inspire your marketing. That mm-hmm. will inspire how you look about your course, how you think about what needs to be in your course. That will inspire if you can allow that to shape your mindset. That will inspire all these decisions that we have to make as course makers and, and marketers and, and producers of all kinds. And that will affect the final product and the results of your thing not that it's guaranteeing success but if you don't do that like you're like i don't want to build a business that's not doing that like i just Mm -hmm. need to do that in order to feel like it's worthwhile to get out of bed to work on this thing anyways you know Mm -hmm. so we should probably start talking about the topic for today um steph (laughs) uh how about that for an introduction i'm sure that was helpful to a lot of people who are thinking about courses though because i was warned i was warned by people about courses and it kept me from starting for a while um, because I heard that it was hard. Like it's gotten harder yeah. and it's true. However, what like set me off to the races was this reframe that I got from Amy, which was, yes, it's hard, but just let it be a process. And that was like the key. So, hmm. you know, I think it's important for people to recognize that this isn't going to be the flash in the pan overnight success. Like I think those days are gone, which is okay. Um, but we do need to, like you can absolutely create a six-figure revenue course, but it's probably going to take you a, It's going to be a process and it's going, you're going to yeah. have to launch it a bunch of times and figure out what works. And so I don't know, maybe that's a bit of like a, it's a cautionary tale and a pep talk all rolled into one. And I bet yeah. somebody, somebody out there needed to hear that. Yeah, totally. And I think it's important to know that like, you can still do this. This is still a viable thing. And in order to do it, you've got to be like, like Larry, my, my structural integration guy. Like he, he just works on people's bodies. He gets paid yeah. well to do it. You've got pain. We can help you alleviate that pain and move in a more functional way. Uh, it's going to cost you, right? Yep. And, and, and sorry, I was just going to say one big thing that helped was, um, Two big things, actually, but I think maybe the biggest thing that I would tell people about about launching a video, like a DIY video-based course, like what we're talking about, is don't make it the thing. Like, this is one of the things that I really did right, okay? I did a lot of things wrong, and I'm going to tell you guys about them. Um, But the thing, one of the things I really did right is I actually really don't need this course to be successful. And Mm. what I mean by that is I have a group program that's a six-month group program that's like almost filled, that starts in September. I've been carrying a full one-on-one client load for months now. Like, I don't need this. And I've seen a bunch of people make the mistake of like staking their livelihood or the success or the, you know, life or death of their business on a course launch. And I think for your first time around, that is just way too much pressure. So I think you do have to set it up is like, okay, I'm good. Whether that's a mix of like your day job and your other business, or maybe you've got freelance stuff going and that's all going well. That to me is the time to think about Mm. doing a course. If you try to make this like the thing and you're like, oh my God, if I don't hit these numbers, then I don't know if my family eats. I just don't think that's the way to go into a course launch. So that's something I really wanted to mention. And the second thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that is Uh, this is something I started implementing at the beginning of this year. And it's been a game changer is always having good, better and best goals, especially with something like a course launch where 
you could work with an unlimited amount of people, that will mess your head up. Uh, And what I mean by that is it will never feel good enough if you don't set some good, better, and best goals. So if you're just like, I just want this to do as best as it possibly can, you could hit you know X number and still be like, oh, but I could have gotten more. So to keep yourself healthy, that idea of good, better, and best is like go into it thinking, what would be good? You know, what would be make me say that was that was a pretty good launch? What would be better? And then like what would that number be? And then what would best be? What would like just blow your mind in terms of results? Have those numbers, know those numbers, and then celebrate each of the milestones so that you're not sitting there going, oh my God, well, I did 50K in revenue, but it's not good enough. Uh, Because I think that that can easily happen in a situation like this where technically infinity revenue is possible. It can mess you up really quickly, I've found. Mm. So I'm hearing you say detach from the outcome. Right? Definitely. Like you're saying, I don't need this course to be successful. I'm confident that it's valuable and I can work it over time to, to make it a, a, some sort of a functional part of my income stream. Yes. Right. So you're detaching from the outcome in an, an emotional way and kind of allowing it to become an experiment in yep. that sense, right? Allowing you to invest time, energy, effort, even money into this thing because you know there's value there uh, and and even if it doesn't sell off the charts like right up front, we can get it over time because you heard the story of Amy Porterfield. You feel like that's how something is going to become a meaningful thing. Okay, yes. and then you're also saying having good, better, and best goals is helpful for setting our expectations, for saying like, all right, what would good be? Good would be mm-hmm. making four sales. Mm-hmm. What would better be? Better would be 10. What best would be 20? I mean, I've got a list of 200 people or 2,000 people or whatever. 20, 20 would be like big for a list, email list of that size, right? Mm-hmm. Or I've got an Instagram account of 14,000 people. I think, you know, I could probably make... 15 sales from that, even though like the, the engagement's so much lower or whatever, I can get them into, and, and you know, you, you have all of these little numbers that, that can matter. For instance, what we're about to talk about is, is the way that you build the buzz, the tools that we have at our service to, to like build buzz about something. So you might go like, I'm going to have a webinar in there. So if I've got 14,000 people on Instagram, I want a hundred people signed up for the webinar. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like 40 people who are there and then like five people who are, who purchase like that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know what those numbers are the first few times that you do it. Yeah. Right. But there is this, like this percentile thing that basically just means like less than 1% of everything is going to be like, so like less than 1% of your, of your p- people who open your email are going to, to like click anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and like the, that, that's not including the people that are on the list. It's just like the people who open the email. Right. And then less than 1% of that are likely to, to purchase it. That's like a good place to be and go like, wow, if it's less, if it's a lot less than that, it's like, well, engagement's pretty low. If it's mm-hmm. higher than that, well, engagement's kind of nice for this list, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm constantly so like, trying to get people to think holistically about this and to be an Obi-Wan because you have to do, you have to care so much about your customer's journey that you're like making your life about it in a very real way. Cause your content's about it, your Instagram, your social stuff's about it, your blogs about it, your emails about it. You're constantly working to help them. What that does is that creates engagement and engagement is what creates the sales and stuff like that. So I won't go off in that rabbit hole, but like <laughs> you, 
selling your course is a function of the entire ecosystem of engagement you have in your business. Yeah. Right. Which is not you talking about your course. People are not engaged about you talking about your course. They're engaged in what you're giving them for free. They're engaged in how you're, you're committed to helping them. You're, they're engaged in what you found out about helping them with some problem, problem that they're not finding that solution anywhere else. You're the only one helping them do it. Right. They're engaged yep. with the fact that you do it this way instead of a boring way that you do it for their age group and their kind of trend and, and aesthetic instead of, you know, an old baby boomers type of thing. No offense, baby boomers. Love you all. You know, <laughs> love you all. Yep. Yep. And, so, and to that point, know your conversions, because a lot of times people think that they've had a huge flop and then you run the numbers. And if you're converting one to three percent of your list, like you're you're right where you need to be. <laughs> like it's probably not going to get bigger than that unless you have like crazy high engagement, which some people do. But that's like pretty standard. So a lot of times I feel like people run the numbers and they're like, oh, wait a second. I converted one percent of who I'm talking to at this launch. Like that's kind of what you need to expect. Yeah, and those numbers are the ones that I I find are most valuable to set goals on. Yeah, is going like moving from like one percent to two percent uh, engagement yes. or conversion yes. to like that's exciting. Like that's you, you with you, you know you could send a thousand, you can send a, like ten thousand emails out, right, and you get a thousand of them opened. Um, that's ten percent open rate, right? Which is I don't even remember what our fizzle open rate is I, I i like always look at these numbers and they go in one year and out the other mm-hmm. <laughs> because i'm not doing a good job of knowing what my conversion rates are mm-hmm. um but like i there are some things where you can really affect that engagement thing yeah. um and that and, and those are the places to to spend time on and watch and learn yourself where your audience engages like i could tell you where our audience engages on what elements that they engage but like it might not be the same at all for you it might right. be a completely different way that you all get engagement. So, so watching that and real and like looking at all the different places of engagement, all the different places of conversion, um, that's imp- that's interesting. But you know, obviously, don't. I would recommend know what you can uh, when you're doing course launches and things like that, and don't get too bogged down in it all the time Definitely. because knowing your conversion rate isn't writing your next article that is going to like to make it a success. You know. Yep. For sure. Okay. So let's talk about now that we've done an intro here. Uh, we're, you know, 40 minutes into the podcast. We're, <laughs> we've got the intro done. Um, this is the Steph and Chase show. Uh, I guess <laughs> this is my favorite. No, way it's of doing cool. It. It's kind of almost like it's like what I do. It's a courage and clarity episode. We did the courage part. Now we're going to get some clarity because we're going to yeah. get into the brass tacks. So I like exactly. It. So we need to build buzz. We've got an email list of like, so for courage and clarity, like what, before you started this, like this buzz building thing, which we're going to talk about, how many people ish are you, are you reaching and through what channels? Oh gosh. Okay. I guess I should know how, cause I definitely think that my list and my reach grew as a result of the, so I'm going to talk about how I ran a five day free challenge to build mm-hmm. buzz for this course launch. I should definitely know how many new people my challenge added to my list. And funny enough, I actually don't know that. But what I can tell you is that finishing my uh, challenge, I have just about like just, just, just shy of 3,500 people on my okay. email list. Yeah. Um, and in my Facebook group, which is like the main, main place where I engage with my people, I have a very engaged community. I have uh, just over a thousand people in there. So these aren't okay. like, they, those numbers might sound big if you're just getting started, but those are not crazy huge numbers for the results that I'm going to share with you guys. Pretty, yeah. pretty doable. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a thousand people in a Facebook group, which I suspect it's, I don't know how hard it is to get people into a Facebook group as opposed to getting them into an email. I think in some ways it's almost easier to join a Facebook group than, than to sign up, subscribe to an email thing. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like kind of like a, it feels like a little more valuable and almost like I can ignore it if I want to. Right. You know, I'm not, you know, it's sort of a, that's sort of interesting, but, um, okay. So we're like, they're talking about a thousand people in the Facebook group. Now you did a, the first thing you did was a five day challenge. Can you tell us about what was important about this? Yes. So I'll actually back up one step from there because I actually, before I did the challenge, so, okay, I'll say a couple things. One, I ran my challenge for the second time. Um, just recently I ran my first challenge in January and I decided to replicate the same challenge. Basically, I changed it up. I like upgraded the look and feel of it. I rewrote some of the content, but largely copy paste um, from my first challenge. Uh, my first challenge was in January and it was the plan your most productive week ever challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's based on the success of my I call it a community anchor, uh, but it's a lead magnet opt-in, whatever. But that's like the thing that everybody who comes into Courage and Clarity like has this thing. And for me, that's the 15-minute planner method. So I saw a lot of success with that at the beginning of the year. And I said, mm, I'm going to try it to do a challenge and see what happens. So I did the challenge in January. And this thing, by my standards anyway, this thing just went gangbusters. I had 900 people, 906, I think, go through the challenge or at least sign up for the challenge back in January. So So I knew that there was something here and I wanted to do it again. I was pretty nervous about doing it again because I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this challenge again. Was like that just kind of a flash in the pan? Was it because it was new? Am I going to be able to get the same results? So I kind of had a lot of fear going into doing the challenge again, um, which I'll talk about the results in a second. But before I did the challenge, I so, so, okay, few things. With a course launch, at least the way that I'm doing it, um, I am doing the sort of like limited availability model where the cart opens and then the cart closes. So this is not a course that you can go and buy anytime. Uh, That's probably an important thing to mention because that's an option. You could keep your cart open forever, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to create uh, some urgency. I wanted it to be a limited availability. The way that I'm doing it is I'm dripping six modules over the course of six weeks. So there's kind of a live component to it if people want to do it that way. I wanted to build in some accountability. So um, I knew that I was going to have like a big open and close, cart open, cart close, if you want to call it that. Um, So that's a key part of the strategy. So I knew that to back up from there, I knew that I wanted to do a five-day challenge leading up to the cart opening. Um, I've just seen this done by others. I have been inspired by other people. Again, I freaking love Amy Porterfield. And I listened to an episode of her show where she was talking about this and, uh, it was great. It just really inspired me. So I was like, all right, let's just see if I can build up some buzz because I do really think it's important. It will be much harder to launch a course and open up a cart. If no one's really paying attention to you, even if you have a quote unquote audience, you kind of have to give them a reason to engage. I think it helps the power dynamic. And what I mean by that is I spent five days in a free challenge, like pouring my heart and soul into the students that I had going through it. I felt like I gave, 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 gave so that when it came time for me to make an ask, it wasn't uncomfortable. It has not been uncomfortable for me because I've given for five days straight. And now I can say, hey, if you liked this, you are not going to believe what else. Like we just did this in a five day free challenge. Imagine what this six module course is going to be. 
I want to invite you to come into it. So if I had done that without building up any kind of buzz, first of all, I think people would have been like, why do I care? Like, who are you again? And secondly, it would have just felt like me asking and being like, bye, 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 bye. And I think that's part of the reason why people feel salesy when they go to pitch a course. So you've got to do something to build that buzz leading up to the announcement that your course is launching. I did this five-day free challenge that I'll talk about more, uh, but you could certainly do an email series for people where they're getting just like a daily email. You could do workshops uh, leading up to a course launch where you're teaching in a live, you know, a live stream. A lot of different things that you could do to provide value for people. Some people mm. do like a three-part uh, free videos uh, series. You could do that. But I think you really want to do something to start to build up the anticipation and get people excited. They've by the end of the challenge, they're like seeing some result um, and they're, they're riding high and they're like, cool, I did stuff. Like in my challenge, people had planned their most productive week ever. And they were like, what do I do now? Like, let's keep knocking stuff out. And that primes them to be ready to take the next step. So Mm. you, I think that's like the first thing I guess I'll say is you, I think it's really important to ask yourself, what am I going to do to build up that buzz and create anticipation so that when I make the announcement, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I'm hearing in there is this, like, uh, the results that they're already seeing from this free thing that you've done. Yeah. You know, so like talk about that. Well, it builds trust, right? I mean, if I am claiming to be this teacher who's going to give you some results, uh, I better show you and let you sample what it's like to, you know, if I'm going to be your guide, if I'm going to be your, your, uh, Yoda, if you will, back to your analogy, I need to show you my chops. I need to show you that I can get you results before you ever invest. So I think it just, it's that credibility. It's that trust that makes someone say, I've been part of what Steph does or whoever. I know I've gone through her stuff. I know that it's quality. So if this was a free offering, um, wow, her paid stuff is going to be, is going to really get me to a new level. So Mm -hmm. I think it it just builds a ton of trust to be able to sample and test drive uh, what that teaching style looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's massive. And and as someone who's made a lot of courses, and we haven't done a lot of, uh, you know, for inside of Fizzle, we've we've launched almost 50 courses inside of Fizzle. Those are all available for anybody who would like to join Fizzle at fizzle.co slash try five for five weeks free. That's fizzle.co slash try five. Um, you've got this almost way of of looking i i I don't know this for sure yet i know there's some people out there who already see the world this way um but you have this value proposition or you have this transformation that you're offering your customer all right now this is a little meta this is a little for the advanced people but uh but imagine you've got this transformation you've got this course that you're going to sell well there's a way to sort of design from like from that thing what a good freebie is going to be or mm-hmm. what a good like buzz building sort of thing or five five video series or uh, f- group challenge or something like that can be. It gives you the value prop, uh, like it gives you a small portion of a very real, it gives you a very real result that matters on a smaller portion of what the greater course is actually about. You know what I mean? It's like the yeah. better that that freebie plays towards the value prop of the big course the the better the response is going to be because it just makes more sense you know mm-hmm. it just makes sense to purchase in that direction because we've already made some results in that direction right so i think you're bang on about it building trust i also think that it is um 
it's just like it's like that's the headline <laughs> you know like it's so in copywriting the headline has one job to do and it's only one job and a lot of people don't know this they think about headline as all these rules headline has just one job to do it's to get you to read that as well as the very next sentence Mm-hmm. Right. The headline's job is to get you to read the very next sentence. And what's the job of that sentence, Steph? Of the next sentence? Yes. To get it you is, to take the next step. Exactly. To get you to read the very next sentence and mm-hmm. do the very next and the next and the next. Until basically what's happened is you've, your eyes and your soul has kind of tumbled down this page. And, and now, you're, now you're into this story. Yeah. You know, and a good copywriter gets you feeling like they're into your story, right? right? So it's almost like the head, like this freebie, this, uh, this five day challenge in your situation is like the headline. It just yeah. gets them to, to read the next sentence, which is the, the pitch to the course, right? right. And, um, and so we have to engineer these experiences that make it, that make it higher likelihood that they're going to actually listen to us when we talk about the course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just think looking at it that way is very useful because then it's like, it's not about a five day challenge. It could be literally anything that creates an experience like that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, um, that can do that. What I love about the five day challenge and the way that you do that stuff is there's a real timeness in it. And oh, there's yeah. like a Steph's really here-ness to it. Do you know yep. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So what that challenge looks like is it's pretty straightforward to run a challenge like this is a daily email. So every morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time, there's a lesson that's hitting the inbox. And then there's an invitation to come and discuss your homework. So there's an assignment, uh, just one bite-sized doable chunk for that day. Come over to the Facebook group and then join me live uh, You know, in the middle of the day. I did the same time every day where I would teach like a 30-minute, let's go deeper on this and talk about the lesson of the day. So that's really all I'm talking about when I say challenge. It's a daily email lesson and a daily live stream. And so the, that's the it. email lesson and the live stream are about the same topic. Yes. The email lesson is the script for the live, sc- live stream or is it significantly less information? So I would say the video, I like to kind of reward people for taking in the uh, email lesson. So it'll usually expand on what's already hit their inbox. So it'll assume that you've read the email and it'll be like three tips for hammering this home or like three ways that I implement this or something like that that will just give them even a little bit more than they got in the inbox. Got it. Got it. So do you end up having those three tips or that that sense of that live stream sort of strategized before you even create the email itself? Not really. <laughs> that might just be a comment on how I run my business. Yeah. I'm a little bit more in the moment where I'll kind of just go back to the email lesson and be like, all right, what do I want to say about this? Like, what are, what are, what are my thoughts on this right now? Like, for example, one of the days in my challenge is all about your, the big rocks, right? Cause that's part of the planner method and your commitments. And right now I'm going through this season of having this revelation that self care for me going to the gym is a freaking big rock. I've never treated it like that. I mm-hmm. always jit myself. So I did my live stream about, Hey everybody, if you exercise, if you meditate, if you take a bath, whatever your thing is, like you need to schedule that as a commitment to yourself. So that's kind of what the live stream was about. So yeah. I usually like to um, have it expand on what's in the email lesson. And, and I like it to kind of have a real timeness to it where it's like, here's my current thoughts on how I'm implementing this or, or something along those lines. Mm. 
Mm, interesting. Okay, so you decided to do a five-day challenge using your Facebook group. You got your email list, your social media. Everybody was like, you're pointing it all towards the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Be there. We're going to do this five-day challenge. You get an email every day. You get a live stream every day. You get a, a challenge every day. And, uh, and we're going to be working together to have basically the best week, like to plan our best week ever. Mm -hmm. This is all awesome. Now, this is just one of the many ways that people can do a sort of like build buzz activity, right? Do you, what are some other things you see people doing? Well, I think you could, okay, so like we talked about, you could do, I I see people who are like way further along doing this next strategy. So like the Marie Forleo's of the world like to do a three-part video challenge or a video series rather, where it's subscribe and you'll get a video lesson. I know when Marie launches B-School every year, this is what she does. She'll do three video lessons, one each day, or I can't remember if she staggers them. It's been a while since I've looked at it, but it'll be like pretty, like you'd be amazed. It's pretty robust. It's a video training and worksheets, like nice looking worksheets. And it will be like a 15 minute training video with a worksheet and assignments. And she'll have three of those. And, you know, for her in particular, she's selling a premium $2,000 product. So again, back to our conversation about building trust with that buzz, she's really got to show people that she knows what she's doing because she is going to be asking them for a pretty serious price tag. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember going through that and thinking, wow, she's really giving away a lot for free here. So I do think that's another great way is like a training, something where there's a training, a video training with a worksheet, you know, doing that three days in a row. Um, You could do just a email series. So kind of like a challenge, but instead of there being like a very hefty group component, it could be a, you know, five or seven day email series. Uh, You could do workshops. I'm going to talk a little bit about workshops because I have the, I have those running in my launch week, but I Mm -hmm. definitely could have just done workshops leading up to the cart opening where that's, you know, teaching people some really valuable content that makes it really easy and natural to say, and by the way, if you thought this was good, here's what we're covering in the course. Here's how you go deeper. So, um, you know, I call them workshops. A lot of people call them webinars. I'm just tired of hearing the word webinar. (laughs) So I say (laughs) workshop, but I'm talking about a webinar for people who are wondering. Um, So that's another thing that you could do leading up to a cart open. Okay, interesting. Now, all right, we've done, in your situation, we've done a five-day challenge. Now, this is real yeah. time. Like right now, as we record, you've done a five-day challenge, Yes. right? And yes. at the end of that five-day challenge, you have started pitching for mm-hmm. the course thing, right? Yes. You, like, what, how do you feel right now? Oh my gosh, I feel pretty good. So I, I left one little thing out that I want to mention um, <laughs> because this is just funny. This is, the, this is what happens. This is what I mean about this being a process. Um, I did this thing where I, this is just kind of like everyone has their own way of being in their business, right? And, and owning their message. I really like when I get to just show people what I'm tinkering with. Uh-huh. So I, as I'm like, as I'm talking to you right now, Chase, I have this huge wall on my, in my room in my office where I just have post-it notes. I have every color, I have every size and I've used these post-it notes because I, that's how I outlined the course. Okay. Mm. And so it looks really cool. And I just took a picture of it and I posted it in my community. And I think I even went live about it. I was like, Hey guys, look what I'm screwing around with today. I'm making a course. This is before anything ever opened. And a funny thing happened. I had people say, I can't wait for this. I'm in. And I was like, you're in? What do you mean you're in? You don't even know what it is. Like, you're in. I was like, not prepared. And then I realized, I feel like I got like some divine messages. I was listening to some podcast and someone was saying, you must 
always pre-sell your course. And I was like, well, I didn't budget for that. Mm. So I better pre-sell this course. So I had a bunch of people saying, I'm in, I'm in. And I'm thinking to myself, this thing isn't launching launching for a few more weeks, maybe even a month at that point. And I thought, gosh, a month is a long time uh, for someone to go cold, right? They're in right now. I should really lock them in. Um, so I went, I threw up a sales page like that night, late into the night, and I did a pre-sale. And what I decided to do was offer a special bonus. I thought to myself, if I could get 25 people, I'll, I'm just going to have 25 spots and they get a special like bonus coaching session with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you get for being an early bird. So I did that. And I think I had the card open for like 72 hours. I didn't do too much promo. I just maybe went live a few times in my group. I think I emailed my list a couple of times and I ended up uh, with 37 sales with that. Mm. Mm. Um, by the way, probably worth mentioning, I think the price point's important to think about like realistic expectations. This course is like a mid, I would say mid price course. It's three ninety seven dollars and with a payment plan. So, or four forty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty excited about that. I got 37 people to buy this presale. I wasn't even planning to do a presale. Right. So, That's a lot. Um, 37 at three ninety seven is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I was pretty happy about that. Really happy about that. Um, so my first 25 got the bonus and then I added a second bonus for the next group of people. Um, so that was great. And I really recommend like one of the things we talked about before we started recording was like, what would I do differently? Um, it, Worked out okay, but you know, I had to slap up a sales page and I was working on it till like midnight. I kind of wish that I had, but like thought through the pre-sale more. So for anyone who's going through this process, I do recommend trying to do some kind of pre-sale because number one, it's like awesome for your confidence. And it also just reinforces that you're onto something. Like for me, that just showed me, wow, okay, I think I, I think there's something here. I think that people are tracking with this message because I've already got sales in my pocket. So that this is before anything was shot and and edited, which was also like, okay, that brings my butt to the line. I got to produce this thing now. Yeah. So I think a pre-sale before you ever do your buzz building activity um, is, a, is a really cool way to just see what you can do uh, in the beginning. Right. Now you say you wish you would have thought through the pre-sale a little bit more. Can you give us a little insight on that? Well, like I say that, but it's, I think it worked out really well because it was pretty organic. And like I said, I was just showing photos of this ridiculous wall that I have with post-it notes and it ended up being like a cool conversation. It was a story of how something was being born. Right. So maybe it all worked out, but, um, I, I think that it, it, there was kind of some stress for me around it because I was like, wow, people are saying, yes, should I pre-sale? Like, do I do that? And I sort of just had to slap it up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would have been nice to spend a little bit more time like thinking through what I wanted the sales page to look like, what I wanted the invitation to be, what I wanted the bonus to be. Uh, So it was a little bit rushed, but it it ended up being okay. But if I were doing it again, and when I do it again, I do think a pre-sale will definitely be... uh, be, be a big part of the strategy. Right. And would you, th- how like, for instance, what, what would you do it differently if you were pre-sailing a thing next week or your next thing? Well, there, is there anything that sticks out about that? Well, I think there's a few things. I, first of all, I would have had more options in terms of what my bonus could be. Right. Because mm. I was like, really, I was a bit rushed. I thought, okay, well I can offer a coaching session. <laughs> I can offer like a bonus coaching session to review a piece of what the course, you know, a piece of the course homework. Yeah. And people like coaching. I mean, that's great. I think it sells well, but um, something like a bonus video could have worked really great. And that wouldn't have been as taxing on my time. Um, so, but I didn't have the time to think through like more comprehensive. What could a good bonus be? Um, it ended up working out fine, but in the future, I'd love to be able to offer like a bonus module 
like a bonus lesson uh, that really takes people deeper and is really valuable to the content that they're learning. So I think I could have just been a little bit more strategic on what people were getting to save their seat. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So originally you start with the pre-sale, you get a certain amount of sales, you feel confident, you've tried something out. You've Then it's like we go into the buzz building activity, which for you mm-hmm. was a five-day challenge. It could be just a three-video tr- training. It could be just a, yeah. a webinar, a group session of some kind. Um, and now, now you've got a this other thing that's going on right now as well with the workshops. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with the workshops? <laughs> okay, once again, this is an example of me deciding to do something last minute, and I okay. laughed because it went it went horribly wrong. Like every entrepreneur's <laughs> nightmare just came true for me, so I'll share it. Um, it's hilarious. It, it recovered, but it's you know it's one of those things. You, ha- I share it because. This is like, you can do this for any amount of time, I think. And anytime you're doing new things, like you risk something going wrong. And that's kind of what happened. So um, I mentioned before that when I did the challenge in January, I had 900 people. I was nervous about doing it again. This time I had uh, 1,105. So I was very happy with the amount of people I had in the challenge. That Mm -hmm. was great. And then on Friday, I decided to replace, and again, I did this at the last minute. I decided to replace the Facebook live that I do with a workshop and I didn't have any workshop software. So rookie mistake. I didn't test out my webinar software. Okay. Uh, and I decided like 1230 today, meet me on crowdcast. Uh, we're going to do this workshop. And I wanted to do it that way for a bunch of different reasons. Um, more tracking. I wanted to show slides. So whereas my lives in the Facebook have Facebook group had just been me talking, I really wanted to use slides and like elevate this thing. If I was going to make the pitch, I wanted to teach people some key aspects of the six modules in the course mm. to help them make a better decision about whether or not this course was for them. Yeah. So I decided to do the workshop. Um, I, I'm again, kind of slapping it together a little bit. And I don't realize that with the software that I chose, which I really actually like Crowdcast. However, when you're on the trial version, um, it cuts you off without warning 30 minutes in, like completely, just, sh- oh, completely just shuts down. Okay. I also had like a hundred people registered for this and I didn't realize they limit you to 10 live attendees. I didn't wow. even realize this. <laughs> so people are like trying to get in. It was the worst. That and is so nightmare. People are like in the chat box, like, why did it end? And I was like, oh God, like, guys, let me start a new one. So I started a new webinar because I didn't even realize what had happened. And I can't even make this up. I get people into the new one and I had like this special configuration with my office. My cord for my desktop computer was too tight. I reached down to itch my ankle and I kicked the power cord out of the wall. So the whole computer (laughs) shuts down. I was like, this is going horribly. And so I come back and people are still waiting. I finish it. And again, it ended up being a story. Like I went into my group and just laughed about it. I was like, guys, that was horrible. People were so sweet. People were messaging me, telling me their stories of like webinars gone wrong. One one person was like, my hair caught on fire literally because I had a candle lit. It ended up being a funny thing and a story that I got to tell people and it all worked out. But yeah, test your webinars, webinar software. Wow. Oh my God, that was so embarrassing. But you just roll with it and you just realize that it comes with the territory. You have to try new things. And sometimes you're, you know, 99% of the time our fears never come to fruition, but 1% mm-hmm. of the time they do. And uh, you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that's so funny. I know, right? <laughs> that is so freaking funny. So um, now 
these workshops that you've got going on aside from uh, your little exploration of the <laughs> like trying to go to a webinar instead of a Facebook live, which uh, I believe there's a way to do stuff with um, there's like there's a, an open source app called like. I can't remember. Hold on, let me see. O-W- is it Ecamm? I, I, oh, OBS. O- yeah. OBS. Is that what it yeah. was? OBS. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. OBS. And it is like total Rodney material. On my YouTube channel, Rodney is like the IT guy who has like a million dongles and needs a pocket for all of them in his bag. Uh, total Rodney material. It's like a very technical, but you can set up like a slide and your, your like, you know, your camera on your computer as things you can switch between sort of keynote or this or that or the other sort of a, you can do that, but, uh, maybe, you know, OBS for anybody looking for that. Uh, it's a yes. whole other thing to explore. Now, do you have workshops or webinars going on right now at the same time as well? Yes. Okay. So what are, what are uh, those? Like you sold those, those are free. What no, are those? So this, so this is free. So I did the thing on Friday, despite all the nightmare, the content was really good. And the people who were there were like waiting for me to come back because they're like, this is great. So I taught and I taught, I, I, I'm teaching them right now. Um, I'm teaching a ton. Like I'm really actually teaching info that I want people to know. It's also in the course, but we'll go deeper. Um, And what I'm finding is it's free to attend. So my course is called Crickets to Customers. It's six modules. So what I'm doing is the the workshop is called Six Steps to Go from Crickets to Customers. And it's, it's just me teaching a little bit from each of the modules and answering people's questions. And um, I wanted to try this because I know a lot of people have had success with webinars, blah, blah, blah. So I offered, um, I think it'll end up being four times by the time it's all said and done, four different workshops. So I'm having to teach a lot, but so far I've only, when we're recording this, I've only taught one. I taught it yesterday and it's converting really well for me, I have to say. So, um, this week so far, the majority of my sales by a long shot have been while I'm teaching the webinar, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was a great experiment because I was like, is this worth it? This is really taxing on my energy. But people do buy mm-hmm. when they're on the webinar, especially if you give them a reason to buy. So I'm offering people a special bonus if they buy while we're on the webinar. Pro, yeah. That's a pro tip. Yeah. And that is working. Um, yeah. So so running the workshops during a launch week, I do think is worth the time. Um, you do kind of have to like, it's basically all I'm doing this week. (laughs) Um, so you do have to carve out a good bit of time, but it's worth it to return the actual results. So the Mm. workshop is giving people a really good look into what the course is going to be even, but here's the key. Even if they don't buy the course, I do, I want them to walk away feeling like it was worth their time. So this isn't one of those webinars where it's like you come to it and you realize that to get the information, you have to buy the thing. I don't, that's like not in my, in alignment with my integrity. I want people to feel like that was a really great workshop. I'm not ready to buy the course, but I learned something um, because, you know, those people might become customers in the future. They might tell their friends or whatever. So I, it's the, the goal is twofold. Yes, it's to sell the course, but it's also just to deepen my relationship with my tribe and sh- again, show people that I know what I'm talking about. Interesting. So, um, the webinar or workshop, uh, we should probably call it a webinar because a lot of people yeah. are thinking about webinars. I, yes. I, I think it's a, but, but because when you say workshop, part of me thinks this is like a multi week thing. Um, and I'm realizing oh, now it's just a one, it's a one and done session. And yes. it, it kind of has plays the role of, of giving people some of, some of the great tips from the course, but yeah. not all of them and not in all of the context. Because like, it's like, all right, if you had to teach this course in 40 minutes, 
right. what would you say? Right. And so it's kind of like some of the smaller, some of the most important bits, I imagine. Um, but yeah. those, bo- those bits get so much in the context of the great, they, they become more important in the context of the course itself. So I like the yeah. idea of going like, all right, you make this course, you make a 40 minute version of the most important bits of the course, right? That is, that is pitched, you know, it, like a, in the introduction as, a, as like a sale for the course. And you're mm-hmm. saying that you can, how do you set up, a, do you sp- set up like a special link in the webinar that uh, gets them a certain discount or a special bonus if they buy while they're on the webinar? No. So one thing people need to know about me is I, I run like the poor man's version of business. I keep things as easy as I can yeah. uh, because it's just like not my show. So what I, what I do is I keep it really easy. I tell people and you know, I'm small enough where this works now. Again, evolution yeah. in the future, this might not work forever, right. but I'll tell people at the very beginning, you know, Hey, the doors are open to this course. If you purchase while we're here, um, you get a special gift. I'm giving you, and in my case, I'm giving them. So my course again is about how to run a group program. I'm giving the people who come to my webinar, my templates, like the exact emails that I use to set up my program, uh, yeah. like all of the wording that I use to send personal invitations to convert people into sales. So I'm going to be teaching how to do that in the course, but only my webinar people will get like my copy. So it's kind of yeah. like a swipe file they'll get. That's like, they can just plug and play. Um, the way I'm keeping track of that is literally when I hop off the webinar, I go, go into my email inbox and see who bought and just keep a running log of like during the past hour who bought the thing. Okay. (laughs) And for people who are people who watch the replay, I say, if you watch the replay, email me and tell me that you watched. And cause I'm only mentioning this gift in yeah, the in webinar. The, so the, yeah. the only way you can know about it's like a secret key. The only way you can know about it is if you watch. So I do want to reward people for actually watching because you kind of touched on this in the beginning, but you get a lot of people who sign up for a webinar and the I've been told before that the show up rate is a, a typical show up rate is like 25%. Mine so far has been like 40, so I gonna consider that pretty good, but I don't think you would get much over 40% in terms of show up rate. So you do want to incentivize people to actually come to the thing because again, it's a really great way to sell what you're, what you're creating. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. So at this point, we have, what I see is there are some bunch of ways that you can build buzz about your course. Okay. The first is a pre-sale, just, just like literally saying, here's the course, you get this free bonus or you get it at this introductory rate if you buy it now, yep. um, before it's actually even made. It's like kickstarting your own course. Then there is the, like a, running a real time challenge on a Facebook group or similar thing. There's doing a three video training series where, you know, an email goes out every day with a new video um, and some worksheets and stuff like that. A great example of this is Donald Miller's five-minute marketing makeover, which uh, which is a, a, an awesome example of a free, you know, five-video series or whatever that... Um, that pitches his larger program. So check that out. Five minute marketing makeover.com. I think is what it is. Then there's the, um, the workshop or webinar, right? Which is sort of like a condensed version of the course in 40 minutes with an added few minutes for the, the, like, uh, the actual pitch for the thing. This is all activity that you've done around building buzz. Now, what's great about all of these is you're not emailing your list about the course. You're emailing them about the workshop. Mm-hmm. You're not sending out Instagram posts about the course. You're sending them out about the five-day challenge, 
yeah. right? You're yeah. not uh, creating tweets or or updating your YouTube channel about uh, the course. You're doing it about the three day video series. Or yeah, something. and you know, I have to say, I've really struggled with that. So for people who are creating their courses, I'm going to assume you're, you're going to struggle with that too. Because like, this is your baby. And you're like, why am I not pushing people to the sales page? I want them to buy. But I don't know. I'm like pretty tempted to go all in. I'm st- I've still like put the link in the group to the actual sales page and stuff. But I don't know. I, it really does feel like people are not going to go from squat to converting on a sales page. It's just... I don't know. It's just not how it happens anymore. I don't know if that was ever the case. Uh, that was before my time, if it was. But people do need to feel, uh, they need to feel sure. They need to feel convinced that this, that you are the guide for them and that this is what they need when they need it. So I do think you're way better off pushing them to a buzz building activity where you can deepen that relationship. Um, still email your list. Like I, I'm still emailing my greater list, trying to get them to come to a workshop. I will pitch them like a last minute, like doors are closing. Uh, I don't expect a whole lot of conversion on that. I'm kind of just doing it to do it. But yeah, anytime you can like, like you were talking about with the copywriting, getting them to take that next step. I definitely have. That's where I've seen the results. Like absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, you did very clearly send people to just a sales page when you did the pre-sale, right? Mm -hmm. That was effective for the people that you've built buzz over the last six to 12 months. Exactly. Um, They were like, like no like and trusted you enough to just go for it there. Then there's these other, there's these other channels that you're building up for that. You have to create this buzz for people who've been following, but they maybe don't know, like, and trust you all that much yet. Right. They don't have that big, big sense of, of, trust with you okay this was awesome let me add one quick thing i know we've been talking for a while but this will be really useful just quickly um as far as buzz building activities because we were trying to think about other ones you could do i've totally forgot one thing that i did that has been one of my favorite things is if you have followed these instructions and you have um watched some of your one-on-one students get the results before you make the course Mm. take advantage of those stories so i mentioned this like super in passing but i had one of my students on my podcast i interviewed her um in episode one of two 102 of courage and clarity and i just was like talk just say what you did. And guys, she just sung my praises. Like I didn't even feel like I had to, had to sell myself. She was just like, this method works. I'm blown away. And she just talked about how it worked for her. So that's another great idea for buzz building. I had it go out on my podcast. So if you have a blog, you know, you have YouTube channel going, or you've got a podcast, elevate your customers. Like if someone else has had success, let them tell their story because that's again, like people need to see themselves in the story They'll kind of see themselves in your story, but they might see you as too much of an expert. So show them that it's possible. Like this person who came on my show had no audience and was able to take advantage of the method and it worked for her. So Mm. that has been like one one of my absolute favorite things that I've done with the buzz building. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's the Luke Skywalker thing. She's the Luke Skywalker and you're the Yoda. You're the, you're the Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're this like, you're the sub character uh, in this journey, but you provide a very essential role. You were, you were able to provide a very essential part of them getting to what they were really wanting in the first place. Right. I just yep. think that that mentality, that way of thinking will literally 
reinterpret everything that you're doing in your business. So Steph, thank you so much for taking us into, into the cockpit of, of what you've been doing. And we wish you all the best in the, the coming week of launching this thing and getting it all the way through the final stages of putting it all together. We didn't get to talk about how you learned how to just edit your own video and do this on a webcam and get all the, this stuff together. That's maybe for another time. Um, but that's also super inspiring is that you were able to, to on a shoestring budget, really put all this stuff together and focus mm-hmm. on what matters most, which is getting it in front of people in ways that they're excited to uh, learn more about it. They're engaged in the learning of it. And then they finally decide, yes, I'm going to purchase this. I'm going to put, you know, piece of my child's college tuition into this uh, mm-hmm. right now, because you know what? Honestly, my child is pretty petulant right now. Uh, anyways, sorry. <laughs> that was me. That was me. I don't know why I get my I get angry at my son for wanting a popsicle. Like, why would I do that? That's that's so lame. I'm just like, wait, don't you know that sugar is bad for you? I'm such a bad parent, you guys. I'm popsicles learning. Popsicles are delicious, so they, I have to be out. I'm on his are. side. They are. It wasn't hot enough yet. Like, it's clearly going to be 100 <laughs> degrees this afternoon, and he's like, it's like 11 or 10 a.m. He's like, I want a popsicle. It's like, you know what, man? Just give it a break. That's me. All right, Steph, thanks for the call today. And thank you guys all for listening. This was Fizzle Show 279. So you can get the show notes and the links for this at fizzleshow.co slash 279. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. We miss Corbett today because he's uh, actually having this amazing adventure. Maybe we'll hear about it next week. Uh, Thank you for listening. And as always, find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in what you're doing matters this is your life this is the only one you get this time around talk to you next time on the fizzle show